HMA Fantasy Wrestling brings you the Best of the Decade Dual Tournament, based off of Flow Wrestling Radio Live's recent series on individual athletes. This new project brings together wrestling minds from all over the country to decide which college wrestling team can claim the title of the best team of the decade. Prepare for pandemonium, excitement, and of course, entertainment. Especially considering that Jordan Burroughs steps on a landmine before he goes out the no. and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are simple. Each college team gets to draft an all-star lineup based off of the last 10 years of competition. Once each team is settled, the HMA crew assigns different teams to the sports of greatest minds to vote on each match in the event for the entertaining series. Each host has one landmine to use in a round. Similar to FRL, a landmine can wreck all votes from the community and the other hosts. A landmine is used on individual match, and it's the only place you can get bonus points for your team. The next episode of HMA Fantasy Wrestling is here. Let's let it roll. All right, everybody. We are here today to start a new series on HMA Fantasy. Um, we are, you know, we, we've been listening to the, the FRL episodes over the last couple of weeks where they've been doing all of the the cool all-decade tournaments um and, and i really got an idea and i thought it'd be really cool to to do the same kind of thing but in a dual format um so we're starting this all-decade duels uh series it's gonna be going on over the next couple of weeks we have a bracket that we that we've picked out and and seeded all of the the teams um and we're gonna be joined by uh you know different people every episode to to break down these these matchups um, so today, for this first part, for this first match, um, this first match is going to be the number one seed Penn State versus the number 16 seed Lehigh. Um, and we are going to be joined today by Mr. Mason Beckman, um, Sam Herring, and Jude Swisher. So how are you guys doing today? Doing super well. Jacob, how are you, my man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. My, uh, my wife's got me outside painting and, and redoing furniture all day. Um, but uh, Doing good, man. Ready to talk about some wrestling. Dude, fun stuff. Hey, I have a real quick question just for clarification's yeah. sake. How did you decide on the seeds from uh, from uh, all the stuff that's going on? Yeah, great. So how we decided the seeds. Um, and first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually share my screen and I'm going to throw – I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to throw part of the bracket up there. Um, so if you are not watching, if you're just listening to us on the podcast, you can definitely go to the HMA Wrestling uh, YouTube. and Or it's going to be – also there's going to be a link on the website, just hmawrestling.com, um, and you can get to the video and see our bracket and all of our you know beautiful displays that we're going to have. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And here is the first quarter of the bracket. Um, the, the way I got the seeds, I actually went and I, I got an Excel sheet and I looked back at the last, uh, 10 or actually technically, yeah, 10 NCAAs. Um, and I took the top 10 in each NCAA, um, and I just kind of recorded who placed what every year. Right. And so, um, you know, I had year 2010 through, uh, 2019 actually, cause unfortunately we didn't get 2020. Um, and I just went through and put their placements and then, you know, the, the teams that placed all top 10, all 10 years are at the top. Um, and then it kind of trickled down. Um, and when we had teams that were close, I, I looked at who, 
placed higher more. Um, and uh, we just kind of sifted through it that way. And we ended up with, of course, Penn State's going to be the one seed, right? They've, they've been dominant, won eight out of the last nine. Um, and then, you know, it, it kind of went through there. Iowa at number two, Ohio State at number three, Cornell at number four, and so on. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we're, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with the first duel, the number one seed Penn State versus number 16 seed Lehigh. Um, and we, what we actually did is um, we talked about the best, the best 16 teams of the decade, and then we inside of that, each team were doing an all-decade team. Right. So I think it's a really cool thing to do because the teams are one thing, right? The teams that performed the best NCAA tournament. And then it goes down even further into who was the best team for each of these squads over the last decade. Right. And so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have some upsets and we're going to have some crazy matches. Um, but it, just to kind of put some rules on it, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, our two teams our two all decade teams, you know, one for, for Penn state, one for Lehigh. Um, and what we are doing is we are talking about each wrestler. Uh, we're talking about their entire career, right? When Flo, when FRL was doing it, they were talking about, you know, Jordan Burroughs, 2011, Cal Dick, 2013. Um, if we broke it down that far, uh, that would be a whole lot. And so yeah. we wanted to just look at the, the body of work each of these guys had over their career. Um, and so each of these guys, keep in mind, we're looking at their entire career. Uh, in order for there to be a win in a match, um, we have to have a majority decision. There is four of us on this call right now, so we could end up going 2-2. If we do, um, then we do have our, our uh, nomad like FRL has, um, which is actually going to be Christian, Christian Piles uh, for this episode. Um, he's coming on later to talk about Virginia Tech versus Nebraska uh, right after this duel. Um, but he's going to be our nomad for this this round. If we get 2-2 split, we'll, we'll shoot Christian a, a text, and he'll help break it for us. Um, but majority decision. Um, and then also, we are taking the landmines off of FRL. So everyone has one landmine per round, right? So per this, this round of 16, everyone has one landmine that they can use. Um, and that, that's the only chance for bonus points. Right? Mm-hmm. If you pick a landmine, you can pick whatever when you want to pick you know, bonus points or not. Uh, but that's the rules. Does that sound good, everybody? Sounds awesome. Good to go. Cool, cool. Awesome. Uh, all right. Let's get us, uh, let's get us rolling. All right. So jumping into the first duel we have, uh, we have for Penn State, we're going to have at 125, Nico, Nico Megalutis. At 133, Roman Bravo Young. 141, Nick Lee. 149, Zane Rutherford. 57 is Jason Milf. 165 is David Taylor. 174 is Mark Hall. 184 is Ed Ruth. 197, Bo Nickel. And 285, Anthony Kassar. Um, and they're going to be going against the against Lehigh, um, which is going to be Darian Cruz at 125, uh, Scotty Parker at 133, Randy Cruz at 141, Mitchell Minotti at 149, Josh Humphreys at 157, Brandon Hatchett at 65, 74 is Jordan Cutler, 84 Robert Hamlin, 97 Joe Kennedy, and 285 Zach Ray. Um, and that Lehigh squad was put together by our own Lehigh uh, aficionado wrestler, um, our own Lehigh guy, uh, Mason Beckman. So, man, this is this this is going to be exciting. 
starting at 125, we got Nico Megalutis versus Darian Cruz, uh, a battle of two NCAA champions. Uh, how about Sam? Sam, start it off for us. What do you see going on at 125? These two guys are so, so similar in their styles. They wrestle outside, kind of um, not much hand fighting going on, and they're so quick. And like you said, they both have an NCAA title to their name, uh, both PA natives, one Young Guns, one Easton. Um, and we've actually had Darian Cruz on the interview. Mason, Mason had him on for his first interview. Um, so go, go back and check that out if you haven't listened. Um, but – I think I'm going to have to take um, Nico Megalutis in his prime uh, over Darren Cruz in his prime. I just feel like the clash of their styles is so similar. We're kind of looking at who's better at what. Um, and I just feel like with their similarities, Darian Cruz seems to have had more success against the guys that are different from his style. And I feel like Nico Megalutis wrestling guy like Gulaban in high school uh, when they battled, um, and then his his college career, I think Megalutis is is better suited for this match in the style battle. Um, so I'm gonna take Megalutis, obviously um, decision. So for me, Penn State takes an early three zero lead. Um, let's turn it to Mason. Mason, what are you looking at? Uh, I mean, obviously all. I mean, all of these are hard in a certain way for me, but. You know, it's interesting. If you if you look at the whole career, you know, Nico's career front to back, the body of work is incredible. I mean, both of these guys are, you know, one's a four-time All-American, one's a three-time. Um, you know, and Darian's off year was around a 12, right? So, you know, both of these guys had unbelievable careers. But I think by almost every measurable, you have to say Nico, right? Like, was in three finals, you know, went 2-2-3-1. Two, two, you know, Nico is – doesn't need a whole lot of explanation, right? Like, the you know, he probably had a grand total of 15 career losses, give or take, probably less than that, honestly. Um, you know, I think Darian, you know, kind of what he showed on, you know, the year that he won was on any given day, he's – his athleticism is amazing. I mean, I can speak to that personally. I was forced to deal with it every day. Um his athleticism is incredible and he can do some things that almost nobody else can do. So, you know, it's a match that is super interesting because, you know, we saw that match a couple times, Darian's true freshman year and, you know, um, it wasn't real pretty. You know, I know Megalutis tacked him in NCAAs. Um, I don't remember what the duel was, but. The duel, I believe, was 6-0. Six, six I think they were, I think they ran three times, right? Uh, Cruz and yeah, they would have wrestled a couple scuffle, years later. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the duel and then NCAA's. Um, you know, so it would have been interesting to see Darian, especially the year he won, um, wrestle Nico the year he won. Obviously, you know, you never know. But again, I think by every measurable, you almost have to say Megalutis if I'm forcing myself to be objective. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, for me, I. You have to pick Nico. Um, you know, Darian was awesome, and his his Cinderella run, twenty seventeen, taking out Thomas Gilman was was awesome. Um, and he has obviously some big wins on his resume too. Um, but when I look back at, at Nico's resume, you know, he was in the finals twice and lost. 
he lost twice. Well, let's look at the guys he lost to, right? He lost to Matt McDonough, who was a two-time champ. He lost to Jesse Delgado, who was a two-time champ. Um, and then, you know, in the finals of senior, senior year, um, he takes out Thomas Gilman, who we can all agree is one of the best to never win one. Um, and obviously, Darian has that win on his resume, too. Um, but, uh, man, just the resume that Nico had, the consistency he had, um, and just a crazy, you know, the, the dude has no bones. Um, uh, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Nico. Mm-hmm. I will also take Nico Megalutis for all the reasons above, but also because he beat him head-to-head. Um, so it's pretty cut and dry for me, Nico Megalutis. All right, so then Penn State takes an early um, early 3-0 lead over the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, and we'll move down to 133, where we got Roman Bravo Young versus Scotty Parker and or our own Mason Beckman. Let's um, let's get into this one. I'm ex- I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I think it's it's a good match, right, Mason? Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, you know, so if you look at it. If you're looking at Scotty, um, you know, Scotty was super consistent in his time. You know, the three years that he was healthy and in the lineup, you know, he lost us last year um, because he wasn't able to rehab and get himself healthy again. But, you know, in his three trips, he, I think, went one and two or two and two at NCAAs and then made the podium twice. Um, Really sneaky good athlete. Scotty actually one of the things that always was really hard to deal with was he was a lot more powerful and a lot a lot quicker than people realized. But um, you know, and then obviously on RBY's end, you'd be hard pressed to find a more athletic and entertaining individual mm-hmm. to to take him at. So you have a little bit of a contrast in styles. Um, Scotty did well when it's not that he wanted to slow things down, but Scotty did pretty well when he was able to kind of get things in his wheelhouse and he did a really good job of forcing guys into his wheelhouse. Um, so the crux of it is, you know, and, and you kind of see this like with, you know, it's, it's like with what Rivera um, did to RBY Rivera forced him into the wheelhouse. He wanted to wrestle in, right. Rivera forced him to wrestle in a phone booth and won the match in the phone booth. So um, I think you're looking at a similar kind of thing as as far as that's what Scotty tries to do. If I'm forced to pick, oh my god, um, I think it. I, so I think if it's one of those cases where it's the first time they wrestle, probably RBY because the first time you wrestle somebody like that, it's. I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced it. When you wrestle somebody that's so singular, so unique, and can just do things that you can't game plan for, um, I think if it's the first time they wrestle, I think it's RBY. Past that, it's probably you flip a coin. Um, but if it's the first time, I'd probably have to go RBY. Mm-hmm. Jacob, who you got, my man? Yeah, so I got um, – you know, looking at this one, I'm going to take RBY. Um, and it's just because of, you know – th- we've kind of alluded to the, the freak athleticism that RBY has. Um, but for me, it's really that jump. He had a huge jump from first to second year. Um, not like, you know, he wasn't like, you know, a, a lowly guy that jumped up and, and became big. But for me, you know, RBY year one was like, he was good. He's going to be an all American contender. Um, 
but you know, he's not like a title threat. Um, whereas this year he was right there with all of those guys, right? He was right there with, with gross DeSanto, um, Sebastian, obviously. Uh, and I just, I'm really excited to see his progression and see where he goes over the next couple of years. Cause I think he made a really big jump for me in year one. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to take RBY. It's just the athleticism. It, it's, it's hard to pick against. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to take RBY sim- similar reasons, but also because, you know, he had as good a shot as anyone to, to be a national champion this year, especially in that really tight group of guys. Um, he has a very specific set of skills that he's really, really good at. And, um, you know, when he, when he gets moving, it's pretty incredible to see. So I will take RBY in this. And uh, Sam Herring, who you got? I got the same thing. Um, I mean, RBY's athleticism is, is hard to be matched. Um, I mean, especially the way he's been growing uh, recently. His, I mean, this last year, yeah, we didn't get to watch him compete at the NCAA tournament, but, man, he was on a roll. I mean, top four pretty much at the worst. Um, he was right there to, to win nationals. Um, I mean, his athleticism, again, is unmatched. So uh, let's let's move down to 141 where I think this one can – uh, we can move a little bit quicker with these next few just because of Penn State's tough, tough guys are here. So, um, Nick Lee, Randy Cruz. Um, I'm going to take Nick Lee uh, for the understood reasons. I mean, Nick Lee is a monster, the favorite to win um, this year uh, every time. Uh, or behind behind Pletcher, I guess. But uh, it was basically him and Pletcher. This year we didn't get to see it again. But uh, you got you guys got Lee as well? Yeah, um, I'm definitely. I'm gonna technically. Um, he just he he was a monster this year. He looks so good. Um, I, I like. I hate that we're we're kind of discounting people, um, right? Because all Randy Cruz is a great wrestler, right? He, he was 102 and 40 in his career. He was an All American, um, and we're just kind of like saying Nick Lee. Um, but it. I think if we would have talked about this a year ago then I might have had more of a, a discussion about it or more of a thought about it. Um, but this year, Nick Lee just uh, – he was tearing people apart. Um, and it's it's really hard to pick against a guy like that. So I'm going to go Nick Lee. I will also go Nick Lee for um, for other reasons. Mason, before we move on, you want to give us a, a rundown on, on Randy Cruz and his career? Um, yeah, so that's what I was kind of going to say. So Randy, I mean, qualified four times – uh, round the 12 as a sophomore, he lost to Ashnall to place in a really wild match. Actually, a super fun match to watch. Um, I just don't like how it ended. And then he beat Micah Jordan to place the next year and then lost to McKenna on the backside um, as a senior. But the thing with Randy, you know, and Randy had wins, like had some crazy – like, don't get me wrong, gun to my head, I'm taking a leap, but – the thing with Randy is he's always got a puncher's chance because of how good he was on top. Um, and he and it's not like Lee struggled on bottom at all either. But Randy was such a freak on top. Like, it was just so long, um, you know. And he wasn't a guy that pinned a ton of people. But he could get a set uh, get a set of four, ride you out, and that's a five-point period. And he's probably going to take top in that situation, right? So, um Randy always always had a puncher's chance, you know, was good everywhere, but 
again, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. With the way Lee looked this year um, and the things that he did to other multiple-time All-Americans, like, you have to say Lee. Yeah. All right. And then, um, so we got Nick Lee. Penn State goes out to a 9-0 lead, goes straight to Zane Rutherford. Um, and Mason, why don't you tell us about his opponent? So Mitchell, um, Mitchell was a two-time All-American. The only two years he got a chance um, was an All-American. The year, only year he was at 49, he won Midlands, um, made the semis at NCAA's, and was an, obviously an All-American. Um, was an All-American the next year at 57. And then junior and senior year, his junior year got – he had to have something – he had to have a knee surgery of some kind. But what ended the season was a staph infection, like an internal staph infection that messed his knee up, and it was like never right again. So he came back a little bit his senior year. Um, what technically ended it was he lost the wrestle off, but it was never going to be close to the like his knee wasn't right. I mean he'd separate he'd had shoulder on both surgery surgeries on both shoulders. Um, we. Had, um, by the end of it, we called him the glass body Minotti because he just like the kid had horrible luck. None of it was his fault, and he just like couldn't stay healthy. But that's when a, he but when he's on the mat, last name. Sorry, that's a great last name for nicknames. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell is the man. Um, you know, homegrown Valley kid. He went to Easton. Um, you know, he's Lehigh Valley through and through, but. Mitchell was awesome, man. He had some huge wins in his career. Obviously, like I said, he won Midlands. was in the national semis. Um, always had a – you know, was kind of a home run hitter. Had a great uh, cement mixer, as all Lehigh Valley guys do. Um, Mitchell was tough, man. And the, and the biggest thing with Mitchell was he was all, he always wrestled best at NCAAs or at Midlands. Like, you put that kid in a chance – in a situation where – it mattered, and he showed up. You know, his sophomore year at NCAA's, he wasn't a full-size 57 because he had he had been rehabbing the entire summer between his freshman and sophomore year um, because he blew his shoulder and had to get surgery, which unfortunately was kind of the story of Mitchell's career. Um, and then at NCAA's, as the year progressed, he busted his knee up, and he tore a bunch of stuff in his knee, and he's warming up to wrestle Kalika, the from Oklahoma State in the round of 12 you know so well first of all he makes the quarters which like the kid can barely walk and he makes the quarters and he's wrestling James Green who was the one seed that year Mm. and literally we're all like I hope Green just doesn't kill him because Mitchell was so hurt Green was so good all year we're like just don't kill him that's that's really the only real request here or maybe that was the year Imar was the one seed but like it doesn't matter like it was still like Green right and Mitchell goes out and loses like 5-2, 6-2, and is like competing with him. Like you are the only person that can do this on one leg. Well, other than Robles, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. Right? But I mean, this, you know, the dude, the kid can barely bend his one leg. And his knee swells up real bad that day. And he comes back to Russell Colica that night. And <laughs> to Mitchell's credit, man, I, we're, I'm like, are you going to be able to wrestle? He's like, I'm going to figure it out because I'm not not placing. Well, okay. Fair enough. And he forces the whole, like, just guts himself through it. Gets it to, uh, I think I think he beat him in a ride out or some ridiculous thing. And his knee was so bad that Santoro and our athletic trainer, Jack Foley, 
literally had to like act as human crutches for Mitchell to get back to where we kept our stuff. So, wow. you know, you talk Mitchell, um, he was a gamer and the two things that stick out were he was an absolute gamer and he's one of the toughest people I've ever been around. Um, but in this context, Zane is Zane. Yeah. Not, not much else. Doesn't need a lot of, uh, you know, we don't really have to recount Zane's incredible career, but no. yeah. he, so you're, everyone knows. You're talking about, you know, this is another case where it's just like it feels weird to to just say Zane and move on because there, there's not much to say, but, like, you're talking about one of the best of all time, right? Yeah. Zane is easily one of yeah. the best college wrestlers of all time, right? And so we're not discounting anybody by, like, yeah, just – by not, like – putting it up in the air but like it's one of the best of all time um and it's actually kind of funny so one of my good friends was a gymnast at penn state and he was there that that same time um he actually roomed with um oh, well, man I, I forget one, one mccutcheon um and so they were all real good friends and he was he's was good friends with zane and so he has videos on his phone of they'd be you know hanging out and there's a bunch of guys that are you know college guys drinking adult beverages and getting all, you know, excited and, and calling Zane out. And Zane, of course, is not because um, he's, you know, fine-tuned machine, you know, training for Olympic titles. Um, and so there's videos I've seen of Zane just beating the crap out of guys just in the living room floor with, like, jeans oh. on and stuff. It's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, you're talking about guys that are getting all excited and calling out one of the best of all time and then just getting worn out on the carpet. <laughs> that's awesome it's, uh, that's awesome yeah it's pretty yeah. funny but it's zane here yeah it's zane we all gotta take zane zane all the way um here we go we got penn state 12 lead and you know up next versus uh jason nolf we have josh humphreys mason who, who is josh give us a little uh background on josh and what he did yeah, so Humphreys, obviously, he's two years deep at Lehigh right now. He's qualified twice, has been the eight seed, like a top eight seed both times, I think. He was either the eight or the nine last year. I think he was the eight because he beat Pag DeLau during the year and then lost to him in NCAAs. But, um, so he was around a 12-er last year. Obviously, you don't know how it plays out, but he was a top eight seed again this year. Um, Humphreys is tough, man. He does some really wild stuff. He's brutally good on top he just basically puts boots in and tries to dislocate your shoulder um you know i mean he's really freaking good but you know and i think he's a guy that by the time it's all said and done um has a serious like a really really realistic chance of being a a, uh whatever you want to call it a two or three time all-american however you want to term this year um, but that's a guy that I think has a super, super realistic chance to be on the podium both of the next couple of years. Um, and if he's in the finals, it wouldn't, I don't think it would surprise anybody. Um, but again, same thing, man. Like on the other side with Nolf, a four-time finalist, a three-time champ, and one of probably the, on, at the bare minimum, one of the 20 or 25 best guy, guy like best to ever do it. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it just kind of is. I mean, how many losses did Noel have? Like, really real losses, too? Two, right? Just to Imar twice. Yeah, just those two. Because if you throw out the defaults and when he got hurt against Rutgers, that's it. Yeah. Um, 
So the dude lost twice in four years. <laughs> so that was to one insane. person, to one human being. Yeah, um, I, yeah it's just silly. Oh. Which at the time we thought was going to be a four-timer. Yeah, so also one of the best to ever do it, right? Yeah. One of the best to not be a four-timer. Yeah, and you know, you guys are saying it all, man. It's a uh, it's next topic here. Next. Topic. Yeah, all it's right. just it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, so we're all taking Jason Nolf and moving on to one sixty-five. David Taylor versus Brandon Hatchet. Hold on, I want to start this. Oh, go for it, Jacob. I, I got to start it, Jude. Uh, so when oh, we were putting oh, together these lineups, oh, it's got to happen. Uh, when we were putting together these lineups, you know, I think I might have explained it earlier, but what we basically did is not – we didn't have just me sit down and go through all these lineups, right? We kind of divvied them up and, and gave lineups to people who, who thought, like, you know, kind of were associated with these schools or, so or whatnot. <laughs> and Nope, it's, it's fair. Um, and so we – Jude turns in his lineup to me for Penn State, right? Jude's our Penn State guy, and so he, he turns in his lineup, and I look at it, and I immediately just red flag. And I, I text Jude. I'm like, hey, are you forgetting anybody? And Because he turns it in, and there's no David Taylor on it. Or Ed Ruth, actually. Uh, but no David Taylor, no Ed Ruth. And I'm like, are you forgetting anybody, maybe? And he's like, uh, oh, oh. And yeah. so it like yeah. hit and I was like, no, no, hold on. Jude, not only did you forget one of the best of all time in Ed Ruth, one of the best of all time in David Taylor, but David Taylor is your coach. You know what? I, in my defense, you see this man regularly. Why do you, okay. First of all, why do we always bring off things that are completely off the record that I, the mistakes that I've made <laughs> that I've fixed, you know, it was, you, you know, don't bring up anything. Ver cleared over Lugo. Yeah, Ver cleared over Lugo and, and all that. <laughs> Guys, I thought it was a top five, past five years. All right, not decades. If you. Uh, so past five years, I, I had Mark so, Hall in there. So or uh, I had Chenzo and uh, Mark Hall and um, shoot, I can't remember. But well, I repented. Either way. I said I'm sorry. Um, I, I hope David doesn't hear this. I hope he does. I really do. Send it to him. Great. There's going to be sprints involved. This clip to him. Awesome. Here you go, David. Hope you enjoy. He's going to be tagged on Twitter. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, awesome. Uh, I'm so excited. But let's just, let's do this matchup. All right. I want to move on from what's in the past because what's in the past in the past. We can't change it. But yeah, the match already happened. The match already happened. David Taylor. um, It was close the first time, right? In the NCAA finals. Well, no, so the first time was the duel in December. The duel was something like 8-5, like 8-5, 9-6. Yeah, not, not like a normal David Taylor, you know. No, not a score you would have expected. Um, now, the flip side of this with Hatchet, and like Hatchet, I mean, unfortunately for Hatch, um, the lasting image is getting tacked in the national finals, right? Which, I mean, it just is, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Had, I mean, first of all, you're there, right? So you're in the national finals. But the other thing with Hatch, too, was he – and I'm not saying he would have been – like, was going to be Dave because just – I mean, again, I'm not making that argument because it's not realistic. But um, as far as people that don't remember Hatch or their lasting impression is that final, I mean, Hatch had wins over probably everybody else at the weight. Um, 
other than Taylor, obviously. Um, I think at one point that year, I don't remember what Dave's record was, but I know there were only like two or three bouts that weren't bonus points, obviously, and the dual meet was one of them um, between those two. Hatch was awesome, you know, and he's a dude that if you guys ever – and I don't know how much film of Hatchet exists, but if you ever want to find a dude that was crazy fun to watch and was willing to throw kitchen sinks at any given point, um, go dig up film of Hatchet. He actually knocked himself out in the duel against Michigan one year, went double overs, and a true story, he went double overs and I think inside hook and popped the guy through. I can't remember the, na- the, the kid's name, but he – David Terry did that in the world semifinals. They, yeah, he hit so hard, they both got, they both got knocked out. <laughs> That's insane. crazy. That's got to be out there. Yeah, Dude, it's your story. Video. Um, yeah. I've seen the video of it somewhere. But Hatch, he didn't concuss himself. He hit so hard. Um, yeah. He like there was like a basically a lapse in blood flow, and he blacked out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You, Mason, <laughs> you got to find this video, dude. I want to see it. We will. And we can maybe tweet it out from home at advantage. Y'all can, yeah. y'all can see it. Yeah. But, you know, we can't but really the, take anything different here, can we? No. No, I, no. I mean, again, it happened. And this is – I mean, this is where we're – Penn State has is, is just been so crazy good over the last 10 years because not only are these guys all-decade team guys, but these guys are all-time, right? And David Taylor, uh, you know, you, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but – I think David Taylor might be the best Penn State wrestler of all time. Um, and, you know, I know there's guys that have more NCAA titles, right? Um, but let's, let's keep in mind that the two that, that David didn't win um, are, you know, Bubba Jenkins' cradle, which it happens to the best of us, and, uh, you know, Kyle Dake, which he was right there with, right? He was even – he got the first takedown. He came out – got out to a lead and then just, you know, just kind of couldn't hold on against one of the best of all time. Um, uh, it, it's David Taylor here, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. What else? Sam Herring, you got the DT. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Hatchet. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> definitely David Taylor. Awesome. Um, Save that landmine, maybe. For sure, David. That'd be that'd be funny if I used a landmine on this match. I think we should all landmine Penn State, all of us, just at one time. <laughs> Um, Dude, it'd be funny. All right. If we landmined, like, four matches for pins, that we could literally make Lehigh win this match. So hey. all four of us pick Something Lehigh to think about. for a pin. Something to think about. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Don't get too ahead of yourself. There are right. four matches left. <laughs> There's something to think um, about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, no more thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, so 174, um, uh, you know, we're getting into another match that has happened, right? Uh, Mark Hall and Jordan Cutler have met several times. Several? Or was it just a Oh, one? God. Uh, probably five or six. got to be five okay, or six. Yeah. They've so wrestled in th- three duels. Scuffle. Yeah, it's got to be at least five. Yeah. Um, Mark Hall coming away, you know, winning all of those. I'm going to run through this one quickly. And, and, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think there's explanation there. I mean, still, like, don't just count Cutler. He's No, I mean, it's a Cutler's like, been right there every time. Right there every time. Yeah, time. and, like, you saw the duel this year. Um, they're all great matches, but yeah. when, it, when it's 4-0, 5-0, whatever the record is, 
Yeah, I take Hall. This is definitely one of one of the more flippable ones. I mean, again, Mark Hall's won them all, and, and I'm not picking against him. But this is, you know, this is not like uh, the the previous three. Right. Right. Yeah. No, because Cutler was one of the he was one of the guys in this year's 2020 bracket who had a legitimate shot of of winning a title. You know, Lighty and um, and Kemmer and Hall. You know, they were all there too. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But. You know, Cutler certainly had as good a shot as anyone. So, um, yep. but we are going to take Mark Hall and move on to 184 pounds, where uh, the truth, Ed Ruth, is uh, making his debut against Robert Hamlin, which is actually a very enticing matchup. Um, Jacob, start us off, my man. Um, so this this for me is you know when I said earlier that I thought David Taylor was the best. Penn State wrestler of all time. Um, this is the other guy for me. Um, I think they're the the top two. Yeah. I think that's the argument. If you're asking me, um, mm-hmm. I mean, Ed was was so good. I, I mean, he won three titles. He got third as a freshman, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and he was just so dominant. Um, he. I remember when I was growing up. So when I when I first got into really watching college wrestling, that was back in you know prime. It was a little bit before, but like, you know Ed Ruth was was right there in the first the early years of me being a college wrestling fan, um, and I loved watching Ed. And I was I like became obsessed with the cradle just watching Ed Ruth. Yeah. Right, watch Ed Ruth wrestle, and I'm like I gotta I, I gotta be that guy, you know. And so that's like all I worked on for weeks and weeks in the wrestling room was just cradles, cradles, cradles. Um, and he just, he's just on another level, man. Um, he's another guy that, that Penn state just has an embarrassment of riches where, you know, I look at him and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't really care who you put across, right. I, I don't care who's across on the other side of the line. It, it's going to be Ed for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? What about uh, Gabe Dean? Oh it's no, Ed. it's Ed. Yeah, it no, I. It wasn't, but you know, most people were picking Ed, right? Rutherford beat Steber once. It's true. Same thing. Gabe beat Ed once. All right, so um, that'd make it twenty-four to zero. I don't think it's changing at Bonecle. Joe Kennedy. Um, my goodness, this this is a really really one-sided duel. Uh, when, I mean, when you combine Penn nice. State for the best of the decade, <laughs> they do not have a weak weight. No, I mean, yeah. you've got eight national champs, and the other two both could have won this year. Right, yeah. no, considerable shots. And you got world champions, world team members, you know, age group champions, all sorts of stuff. Very, yeah, I mean, we're going to be hard-pressed to find a duel where, where they lose more than one match, if any. <laughs> Um, but everyone make sure that you're listening to all the rest of them for sure (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right bo nickel joe kennedy mason beckman get us started off uh i mean the answer is nickel but you know again it just is what it is nickel's one of the best guys to ever do it four finals three titles um and a flair for the dramatic just for fun but yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it. You know, Kennedy was an All-American, uh, was around a 12-er as a junior, you know, was really, really good in his own right, um, had a beautiful inside trip. You know, it's kind of where he made a living. But, 
Um, I mean, again, it's nickel. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, who can who can dispute that? So the the real conversation here is the fact that Quentin Wright, and I'm not saying this is wrong, the fact that Quentin Wright doesn't make this lineup is just asinine. Oh, and not be, like not because it's wrong, just like that is absurd. Dude, yeah. Quentin, like, Quinn's definitely one of my favorite Penn State wrestlers. Of, so, of all time. I love, love me some Quentin Wright. So, we so can, good. If you, if you think about the guys that didn't make this lineup for Penn State, you've got <laughs> Kenzo Joseph. Hold up, though. The one that comes to what? I think if, sorry, I, I think if we can, we could ag- agree on this moving forward if we want. Um, Ed Ruth was at 74 before, correct? Yeah, but he, he, as a freshman, right? No, I think he won a title at 74. Oh. Yeah, because he beat Amucha Stegi yeah. for his first title. Yeah. So we technically could have put Ruth at 74 and Quentin at 84. Yeah, or Quentin at okay. 90. Or, or Nickel down. We could put, fit it in. You could, put nickel, you could put Nickel at 84 and Quentin at 97, but it's the same conversation either way. What, what it comes down to is who is a better wrestler, Mark Hall or Quentin Wright? I think it's... Uh, I think he's deserving. God. No, yeah. it's it's Quentin Wright. It's an actual question. It's an actual question. Like it's not uh, a question. On accolades, it's Quentin, right? It's Quentin. Yeah, I mean, Quentin's got more titles. Um, made three finals. He has a four-time All-American, a true freshman All-American. I think um, we need to obvious, shuffle this. Obviously, Mark won a title as a true freshman. And Mark um, had the chance to win a title this year and was a three-time finalist. Yeah, I mean, that's – there's no good answer. I There's no – I shouldn't say there's no good answer. There's no remotely bad answer there. Right. It's interesting, too, because they're both, like – they were both super unique, but in kind of a similar way, like, mm-hmm. in so, a sense – in a sense that, yeah, I don't know, like, ultra dangerous. Quentin made a – you know, Quentin was interesting, man. He was – he did some really old-school things. Like – Quinn was the first guy I had seen, and I can't even tell you how long. Probably, like, from the time I was growing up, Quinn was the first guy I ever saw at a high level, like, at an NCAA final level, finish a double leg with an outside trip. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? But he was yeah. so long, like, his frame was, yeah, I mean, it sounds weird, but he's, he's like, all limbs. and. Yeah. You know, he could get himself, like, go hook to a double and then just step around. And I remember, you know, because like, I was teammates with Hamlin for a few years. Um, and he was actually – he actually trained my whole time there. And Hamlin uh, said he's like – you know, the thing with Quentin was you just never felt anybody like him. He just did things because of his frame nobody else could do. And yeah. he was just really good. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that we – I feel that it's an injustice to leave this – this way i feel like but i don't think like do you boot hall i, I oh, think it's just i think you way. gotta move ed down nickel down and slide in quentin i i think it's hard to do but three i mean he won two titles and he was yeah. in the finals three times i just i i think be that, completely honest i think we gotta leave the team as it is if this is on me I was in charge of making the. No, I, yeah, I think you leave it as is. But... I think we gotta leave it as is. But maybe, I mean, there's certainly a case for the best of the decade team to include um, Quentin Wright. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think you do the same thing there. That like the way you listed me and Scotty at thirty three, like you just throw Quentin in somewhere as like an yeah. oh by like an oh by the way, by this the dude way. was also here. <laughs> just the oh dumbest, God. the dumbest thing. Ah. Um. Man, all right, head in me. there, and there for next time. We are almost out of time on this Zoom meeting, so let us end it with Anthony Kassar one-time national champ, who's actually, I was thinking about it today, he's the, still the reigning uh, NCAA champion. Um, it's true. So, you know, You're one of those guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You, Penn State's still the reigning champs. You're one of those no, guys, aren't you? I'm only well, kidding. We, you know. You know. You know so, how it is. All right, maybe. Um, but, you know, he's going up against Zach Ray. Mm. Mason, give us the rundown on Ray and his career, please. Uh, you know, Ray gets forgotten about because he wasn't a ton of fun to watch, if we're being blunt. Um, but he was consistently elite. Um, was a top three seed three times, uh, national champ, national runner-up, and um, a third place. Four-time qualifier, if memory serves. Um, world team member just an absolute mountain of a human being if you know he's obviously coaching at lehigh now if you guys are ever up close to him he is a massive dude and the thing with ray um freak complete freak of an athlete that you would never expect um you know zach's a rock solid 265 and can do a standing backflip can do the like the kick off the wall backflip all that stuff he is an absolute he's a freak um Dude can squat so much, the bar bows, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah, so Zach – and the thing with Zach that went really overlooked in his career was his wrestling mind was super bright. One of the things that made him pretty special as an athlete was he spent a lot of time watching film, and he was really good about watching film, understanding tendencies, and creating game plans to beat people. Um, and that's – you know, in addition to all the skills that he had, he was really good on top. Um, again, he was a great athlete for a heavyweight. He is, just, you know, you're not going to overpower him or outsize him, right? You're not going to lose because he's um, a smaller heavyweight or anything like that. So Zach kind of checks all the boxes <laughs> other than the the aesthetic test. You know, he just wasn't exciting, but he was elite for three straight years. And, I, and this one, I pick Ray. You pick Ray? Picking Ray over Kassar. Um, I'm gonna. I'm taking Kassar because uh, Kassar beat Gable Stevenson, who has been said that is the number one high school recruit of of all time. Um, so yep. I'm, I'm taking Kassar in this situation. Um, it's Kassar. All right, guys. So we we kind of have to wrap it up real quick. We're running out of time, uh, and we gotta we gotta jump over and get Christian Piles on for the next duel. Um, but that wraps up our Penn State Lehigh duel, thirty to zero. Um, it was a great one, and we are ready for way more. So, awesome. um, we're going to take a break. And we will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. So we are going to jump into the next duel. Um, we just finished up Penn State versus Lehigh, um, and now we're going to jump into Nebraska versus Virginia Tech. Um, and to do that, we have we just we had Mason on earlier, and, and we're, we're transitioning over, and now we're bringing in Mr. Christian Piles from Flow Wrestling. How are you doing today, Christian? 
I'm great. You know what? It's a beautiful day here in Austin, and uh, I'm pretty pumped to talk some wrestling, especially a little Virginia Tech wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we thought when we were thinking about, you know, the duels and we got all the teams and we we're trying to think of, like, what are some teams that we can bring different people in on? Um, and obviously, you guys talk about, you know, Virginia Tech and being from Virginia. Um, so that was a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But- I'm just saying we got we got kind of a squad here. I've I've assembled here the best of the decade. It's it's a team. I I think people would be surprised to know that in the last decade they've had an All American in every single weight. Whoa! Wow, that's yeah, pretty crazy, that. right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. impressive. That's awesome. Well, so we're also again, obviously, we're joined by um, by Sam and Jude as before. Um, so let's go ahead and get started before we jump into the actual duel. Let's just go over briefly kind of like, you know, rules of what we're doing. Um, so we fill CPN. Uh, so again, we got this, first of all, thank you for giving us the idea, right? Cause we've been listening to FRL for the past couple of weeks and listened to all the, you know, the decade tournament matchups and it's been awesome. Um, and so I was just like sitting up in the morning the other day by myself, having my coffee. And I was thinking like, what else can we do like that? That would be really fun. And you know, dual meets are awesome. And we've had, you know, the big conversation this year about dual meets and, you know, should the whole deal with national titles and should we have a national title for, for duels too? And so I thought it'd be something cool to do. Um, so thank you for the, for the uh, idea. But, uh, sure. There's, there's nothing new under the sun. So I, I can't take any credit for anything, especially the best of the decade, but I'm glad to, I'm glad to have maybe uh, that it, inspired you guys because this is actually just as fun if not more fun making the best teams of the decade um so maybe in like a year i'll steal this and we'll do our own put our little twist on it yeah absolutely i mean i think i think it's really cool because it's like two it's mushing two different things together you know we talked like i looked at the stats of to find out who the best teams were you know and so like it was pretty clear cut there was only a couple decisions that were like here and there um, but then once you get the best teams, picking the actual like all decade for each team is going to like, it, it's going to be crazy. I mean, see, I don't think seeds are going to hold. I think that's the Yeah, probably case. not. But duels are so matchup based. You might be surprised where you, where you get an upset uh, along the way. Yeah, for sure. So just, you know, going over it before we start. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about like wrestlers. We're talking about over their entire career, right? So when we talk about one guy, uh, I thought that it would be a little bit easier if we just pick like, you know, Nico Megalutis and we talk about Nico, you know, overall, like his, the best Nico, right? Because with 16 teams, 10 people in each lineup, if we looked at each of the four seasons for everybody, we have like 640 seasons we're looking at. And that's, that's just crazy. So um, we're just going to talk about like, a wrestler and their entire body of work and, you know, the best version of each of these guys. Um, and then after that, you know, as far as the wins go, um, when we talk about each match, we're going to have majority decision rules, right? And so um, in order for a wrestler to win the match, we all have to, we have to have a majority, right? And obviously there's four guys on here. So if we have a two, two, yeah, nomad, then nomad we, ready? We uh, we got our nomad. Um, so I think we can we can probably shoot Mason a quick text um, and, and get his opinion on it. He'll be our nomad. Um, oh, what, we'll, what 
what we'll actually do is we got four people here, so we'll take those votes and then do the Twitter polls. We'll count as a vote too. But do we just do we like, have them up? Just like FRL. We don't have them up, but um, in order like for a team to move on, we'll take the polls um, for that. Mm. So we won't okay. know who wins after this unless like it's three to one or something like that. All right. Um, very cool. So um, besides that, we are going to do landmines just like FRL. Um, no landmines in the finals, but everybody's going to have one landmine per round, right? And that's per duel. Like obviously not going to landmine the whole duel, right? But if you have one guy that you want, um, then we can get, we can move forward with that. And also the last thing, bonus points is going to have to be unanimous, right? So if three out of the four of us pick um, Gerard Garnett, and then all three of us have to agree that it's by major decision or whatever. Probably not going to be a whole lot of those. But anyways. Um, we're going to get so angry at each other. I can, always, I can already tell. This is going <laughs> to – we're just going to be so mad. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. So – Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, let me pull up my – share my screen real quick. Sorry about that. Bad radio. All right, so um, we got the duel up. And first thing, just kind of going through and just looking at – we got number eight and number nine, Nebraska – or number eight, Virginia Tech, number nine, Nebraska. Um and, you know, well, first of all, first thing when we're looking at it, we talked about it a little before the show, but it looks like CP couldn't make a decision on some of them. Listen, we like all our guys. We're going to weigh in 15. We're going to look at the matchup, and we're going to make a decision. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Sam, do you want to, like, tell us one of the lineups? Do you want to tell us who we got for Nebraska? Yeah, so – um, obviously, Virginia Tech, the favorite in this match. Uh, barely, this is the eight versus nine, so the uh, closest match we'll have in round of 16. We got, starting off at 125, we've got Joey Dance or Jared Garnett uh, versus Tim Lambert. Then you got, at 33, Devin Carter versus Eric Montoya. Then at 41, I'm going to need some help pronouncing these, CP, but we got Sol Solomon Chishisko. Chisco. Diaz. Chisco? Mm -hmm. Diaz. That, that's easier than I thought. All right, so we got uh, <laughs> Chisco and Diaz versus Chad Red. And then at 49, you got Sal Mastriani versus Jake Suiflon. 57, Nick Brissetta or Jesse Dong versus James Green. 65, going to get heated Makai Lewis or David McFadden versus Jordan All Jersey. So, All yeah, Jersey we in that one. We should talk about, like, if they're – are they, like, tapping in on Jordan or <laughs> – That might be yeah. necessary, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David McFadden's actually got a good build for that match that might be able to slow him down. But anyway, 74, you got Zach Epperly versus Robert Kokesh. 84, Zach Zavatsky versus TJ Dudley. 97, Jared Hott or Chris Penny versus Craig Bester. And then 285, big man Ty Walls versus Colin Jensen. Let's get it started here at 25. Okay, pretty simple here. We've seen this one. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to use Joey Dance. Dance beat Lambert twice in his career. He had a far more, uh, far better accolades than Lambert. There is a case for Gerard Garnett. I think he'd be more likely to get bonus in this scenario because he was like 
really good on top. He would do a lot of feet to back stuff, but take, he would also like every now and again, have a loss. It wouldn't make any sense. So I think Joey dance would get a decision here over, over Tim Lambert. So real quick, something that we didn't cover in the rules, we're just going to keep everything to a decision, which is going to hurt some teams like Penn state, but for the purpose of Twitter polls and stuff like that, everything oh, okay. three points. Got it. Um, so it'll be easier that way. And, uh, and we can make Twitter polls work better. But I'm going to agree with you, Joey Dance. I mean, there's really no argument for Lambert to, to win this one. But, uh, yeah. Dance, Joey, uh, two-time AA? Two-time AA. But let me, let me give some a little Joey Dance trivia in case you guys uh, need it. Okay? He was the three-seed, the two-seed, and the two-seed. Okay? With wins over Nico Megalutis, Thomas Gilman, Nathan Tomasello, Darian Cruz, three of those four are NCAA champions, plus Jack Mueller, among others. He beat a lot of really, really good dudes, including three NCAA champions. Joey Dance yeah. was awesome. Um, he made some good runs, too. It just um, – yeah, that was kind of at the beginning of Virginia Tech's run, too. Like, yeah. Where they started to get – And, you know, the year they, they trophied, he actually was the two seed and didn't place in 2016. That's crazy. Yeah. Because that was – yeah. They should have gotten more points out of that. Jude and uh, and Jacob, y'all agree with that? Yeah, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Um, you know, Joey's the better wrestler here, and we've seen it. And There's not much to say about it. You guys said it all. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Joey Dance. I mean, even though I, I believe Lambert uh, kept it into – put into OT, right, at uh, 2017 NCAAs. Um, but I'm still going to take Dance here over uh over timothy lambert and uh we're going timothy okay joseph dance over <laughs> timothy lambert i'm not on i'm not like i'm not like best friends we're not like timmy but like it's timothy timothy, timothy. All right. got it so uh virginia tech goes out to a uh say a 3-0 lead over nebraska Wait, so so sam we talked about for bonus points I was under the assumption that we were going to do bonus points if we all agreed on it, major like unanimous decision. Because I think this is definitely one where we could. I think we're just going to keep it like for the whole tournament, just just two decisions okay. every time. All right, all right, cool. So let's Sorry, move Jim. on. One thirty-three. You wanted that for Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thirty-three. Uh, moving on, we got Devin Carter versus Eric Montoya. Um, Jude, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Devin Carter, um, I believe if I if I did my uh, my research correctly, he's a two-time AA, right? He took third and second um, as a junior as a senior for Virginia Tech. I'm reading it off a of rest that, um, you know. And then Eric Montoya was a two-time All-American for Nebraska. He was also a Midlands champ. Um, both really tough guys, but I think I'm going to take Carter here. He had the better accolades, um, and you know, so that's one boy vote for uh, for Devin Carter. Well, I just looked it up, and Eric Montoya is the Thornton City Mayor. Um, oh, uh oh, on Google. <laughs> um, so you're going against the mayor. Nice. Wow. <laughs> um, Devin Carter has his PhD, so I don't know. That's like kind of the reattack there. Got the yeah. political savvy, and then you've got the the learned scholar. Hit the, <laughs> hit the switch. Um, I think in this match, though, 
Montoya's got such a crazy style. I think he matches up really well with a guy like Carter. He um, listen, Sam. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish, but Devin Carter would have physically injured him. Ask Ask Mason Beckman about. Devin Carter. This dude was – he was so unbelievably physical. And Eric Montoya is a bad, bad dude. But Devin Carter did things to people. He, this is a guy – he beat Tony Ramos. He beat um, Joe Colone. He beat Dean Heil. He beat Kevin Jack. He has uh, quite a body count. I think he would um, – his physicality would be a difference here. And I completely agree. I was trying to make a little bit of a case for Montoya so he didn't get blown <laughs> out of the water. But – Devin Carter, like you said, is probably taking this one. Um, Physicality's off the charts. Um, yeah, I got Devin Carter. Virginia yeah. Tech's jumping off to an early lead. Pretty the case for Montoya is he was really, really good on top. And Carter, in the earlier parts of his career, had a harder time getting away. So there is an opportunity there for, for Montoya, and I think it could be from the top position. Right? He beat – he beat Seth Gross the year Seth made the mm -hmm. final. He actually beat Eric Monto or Eric beat Clark and Gross the season that it was Clark over Gross at the NCAA final. That's impressive. He's super good. Those guys are so opposite too. To be able to beat Clark and Gross, those are two way different styles. So you've got to be um, pretty good at adjusting and stuff, and to pull upsets too. Because he, he beat him like in Carver. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. I was way Monto too long. Yeah, you were <laughs> he was like six. <laughs> well, it was funny. Well, it was funny hearing you not know Solomon Chisco because it's like it wasn't that long ago. But you're you're so young. It's funny because um, like now, if you you would definitely know the Solomon Chisco of today, um, if you were just following. So it's funny. But no, Montoya beat him and Carver, and he did. A, he throat slashed Carver after he won. Oh, I've, I've oh seen him. I've seen yep. a clip of that. It was so savage. Eric Montoya. Eric Montoya started at Campbell and transferred. I, I, I feel like I remember. Man, so I'm looking back at Devin Carter's season, and, like, in 2015, like, his last 10 matches, you know, he beat Le'Veon Mays and Randy Cruz and Dean Heil, you know, all really, really good wrestlers. So, I mean, Carter's the man here. So, yeah. um... Yeah, he beat dudes pretty bad. He was really, really dominant. And I don't, Sam, you may not know this story. Jude, in tw the 2013-14 season at CKLV, Devin tore his hamstring off the bone and was done oh, for the season. Okay? So he actually finished. You can watch the match. It was against uh, Joey Spizak of UVA. It happened in that match. And then after that, he was done. They're like, okay, he's not coming back. And then like a little before ACC, he's like, Rumors started to swirl like, hey, Devin Carter's been, like, drilling. He's been wrestling. He's been kind of doing it. Then he comes out and wins ACCs and makes the NCAA finals after he was, like – it was announced that his season was done. And then he did some crazy, like, rehab stuff. And, he, like, he's part mutant. And then next thing you know, he was in the NCAA finals. It was, it was amazing. Oh, my gosh. He probably had Kyle Dake's doctor. <laughs> he may have. Getting younger every day. Yeah. Every day. That was awesome. Insane. Okay, so we got Devin Carter. Um, then we yeah. can move on to 141. Yeah, so definitely Devin Carter. Um, 141, Solomon Chisco um, versus Chad Red. I think this is actually 
Um, as far as, you know, like stats and, and looking at, you know, wrestle stat profiles side by side, it's pretty similar on in the stats. Um, for me, it, it's it's Chad Red though. He's so explosive and just CP, you sent it out Chishko or Diaz? We're gonna send Chishko. He was he was much better than Diaz. But Diaz was like one of the first he mm, I don't know this for sure. He he might have been Dresser's first all American. Yep. Have a good weight cut for the duel. Yeah, he he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't have a good weight cut. We're gonna send out Sal. He's yeah. got a little more offense. Hey, hey CP, I have a question. Where would you? Where did you project Red to finish this season um, at NCAA? Um, I don't remember where he, where was he in the bracket. Um, I I think you know he really impressed me at Big Tens. He had an awesome Big Ten tournament. He was that that guy coming into. NCAs, I was like, well, you got to watch out for this dude. He wrestled Nick Lee really, really tough. Now, Luke Pletcher really had his number, it seemed like, this year, whereas in the past they had had, like, quite a rivalry. But I don't um, – I think he could have been a top four, top five guy for sure. And, you know, maybe if he was opposite Pletcher, I'm looking at – I'm pulling it up right he, now. He was the sixth seed, so he was opposite Pletcher on yeah. the side of Real Woods and Lee. Dude, Woods – I mean, Woods, Chad Red, I – I probably like Chad. I think that's a like a one takedown match, and I like Red in that kind of a scenario. As good as Real Woods is, and then Nick Lee, hey, you, you take that. I mean, he could have made the finals for sure. Absolutely. I think probably second or fourth. I don't think he beats uh, Pletcher. It's just those those days have passed. Yeah, but I have to pick here against Solomon Solomon Chisco, who. People forget he beat Seth Gross twice. He beat Pat Lugo. He beat Max Thompson. So he had a solid body count for a guy that maybe a little forgotten. Two-time AA for Tech. And then he kind of just was like had – it was kind of weird. Tech had two guys that were returning All-Americans their senior or junior year and like just didn't wrestle the next year. So that's not ideal. And Solomon was one of them. He was just kind of like done with wrestling. This is a really tough one. I think he actually matches up really well. Good from short offense with Solomon. He had more was more consistent, whereas Chad, you had a lot of ups and downs. Um, I think both of them at their best. I think I will have to take Red, even though I think Solomon had a great shot at at beating someone like Chad Red. For me, it's it's very similar. I don't like like I said. I don't really know Chishko that well. Um, Recency bias is magnified here. So I'm going with Chad Red just because of the familiarity I have with him and just watching him. Like his high crotch defense, sit the corners, cradles are so, so good. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, with Red. Jacob, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's Chad Red. He's just so dangerous from so many positions. So. And Jude? Uh, I'm going to go Chisco just to mix it up and be the – be the heel, I suppose. <laughs> I should have picked Cisco. Wow. You can maybe you can flip your vote. Hey, what's the rule? Are we allowed to flip votes? We can send this to to no. I hated. I hated it. I hated not picking him. He. It's a really. It's a. It's an interesting match because Solomon was one of those guys where he was really tough to to scramble against. Um, like he just had a way of finishing on those tough, scrambly type of dudes, but. No, I'll stick. I'll stick with with CJ. All right. Well, I'm I'm picking Chisco. I have That's a question. Cool. He's, 
He's a Western PA guy. Yeah. Dan Mac. Dude, they're they're good. They're pretty yeah. good. Um. So yeah, Chesco. Awesome. Let's uh, let's uh. Okay, so that means Nebraska gets three points, gets their first points on the board, and uh, move on to one forty nine, where uh. But they don't they, actually, June. Sorry. It's. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 Nebraska, not for you, though. Yeah, so for you it would be still Virginia Tech, you homer. No, no, it's so it's 6-3, Nebraska, no matter what the fans say. Awesome. Now we're up to 49. All right, so 149, we got Sal Mastriani um, versus Jake Suflon. Um, all right, Christian, start us off. Why is Sal going to win? Listen, it's about hustle, baby. Um, Sal Mastriani wrestled so freaking hard. He could not get off the bottom, uh, like at all. It was really a big weakness is, but he would wrestle hard, a lot of fakes from space, left side high crotch, had a really good cement mixer, but I can't, I can't go against Jake Suflon in this match. It, it wouldn't happen. Um, Sal was one of those guys who got the most out of himself. He wasn't the most talented dude, but worked really, really hard. And I uh, got eighth once. Jake Suflone, while was only he only placed once or twice, he was like, I think maybe actually only once, but he was someone that was like supposed to place three or four of his of his NCAA seasons, just didn't quite put it together, and then uh, had, you know, but had a lot of really good wins. Yeah, um, so it's showing it's showing on Russell stat that Suflone didn't place. Is that right? That could be tr- no. That could be true. No, yeah, Suflon did yeah. place. He was a four-time qualifier. He went yeah two and two yeah. as a senior. Yeah, he might be he one of the best guys to never yeah. play. He was yeah. yeah. I think it's funny looking at their wrestle stat profiles because when you look at it, you know, just looking at you know Suflon, you got a round of twelve, a round of sixteen. Uh, Mastriani placed you know eighth once and got round of twelve. So I think it kind of like leans more towards Mastriani. Um, but then also you look at like these stats are so conflicting. Cause then you look at Mastriani's record, 68 and 53. <laughs> Suflon is 60 and 14. And it's like, what is going on? If you didn't know, um, Suflon, Suflon was a, uh, round of 12 as a, as a sophomore. Um, so he was super close. And then the next two years he went two and two, um, at the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, he was right there to place. Um, and then, yeah, both coaching now. One's at Brown. That he's at Purdue, right? Suflon's at Purdue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going with Suflon. Um, CPS too, right? Yeah. All right, Jude. Don't disappoint us. Give me Sal. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> he's, he's not even picking. Even, he hasn't even. Spoken. Hey, listen. To to be fair, Sal has wins over Ian Miller and the aforementioned Devin Carter. That's what Sal Mastriani uh, gained huge notoriety when he beat Devin at the Hokie Open, and then so Devin was going to go. Let me let me try to remember this correctly. Devin was going to go forty nine, and. So he was going up, and then he goes to the Hokie Open. Like it's in no, it's like a November tournament, and Sal beats him in like sudden victory or something. And then that got Carter to go back down to one forty one. And this, 
may or may not have been the year he hurt his um, hamstring. It's all running together. But that's how Sal like became sort of a household name. Mm, that's awesome. So I've always been a fan of you know the the hard workers, right? And also like Sal did the dang thing. He got on the podium. Yeah. Um, also, never really discussed where is the where this match is taking place. Like where are they wrestling? Is it NCAA's? Is it just generic wrestling gym? I mean, it's Round it's Rock a neutral site, Round Rock High School. Okay, <laughs> awesome. All right, I'm still taking Sal. Um, you gotta convince me otherwise. But he did the thing. He got on the podium. So. Yeah, you're right, Jude. I'm kind of a I'm kind of not doing doing my best job for the Hokies here. Yeah, Maybe I, we should have Jude do the Hokies job. Maybe. He's he's all in for five. All right, but but now it's tied um, six six. Pretty good about that. Um, tied up six six going into one fifty seven, um, and Jude Jude's probably going Virginia Tech at one fifty seven. Um, <laughs> we've got Nick Nick Bichetta, uh versus James Green. Um, so Sam, what are your thoughts? Man, this one's all James Green to me. Just remembering his athleticism in college. He was uh, right there to beat Imar when Imar was peaking, always um, right near the top. I don't did, – did he ever win a title? No. But he was Never made a final. right there. He was always right there behind the top guys like Imar and stuff. Um, and then, obviously, he's still competing, still on top of the um, country. And sometimes world twenty seventeen, but James Green, um, fifty seven pounds. I'm I'm gonna take him for Nebraska. So this is like completely against James Green. What I'm about to say, but one of my favorite NCAA memories of all time was. Do you know what I'm talking about? Dylan Ness. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that was crazy. That, that yeah. was awesome. Insane. Um, but yeah, I'm, even with that, obviously James Green, I think is the better guy here. Um, you know, he, he's better on the world level. He's better on in the college level. He was a four time a, um, arguably one of the better guys to, to never win or at least never make a final. Um, yeah. and so I'm, I'm going James Green. Christian, tell us about Jesse Dong. Who is he? That's, yeah. So Jesse Dong from, uh, Westerville High School in Columbus. Okay, this dude was crazy. His style was ridiculous. He was an amazing scrambler, uh, but he he absolutely destroyed people on top. He rode double legs. He would like double legs, kind of side headlock, pull them back. He I watched. Um, it all comes back to the Hokie Open for this show, and <laughs> so there's this kid from Old Dominion, last name Nicholson, James Nicholson, and. He had, like, destroyed everyone at the Hokie Open at 157. He was going to hit Jesse Dong. My friend and I were sitting there, and he's like, who you got in this one? And my friend was like, come on, man. You know, Nicholson's going to smoke him. Like, that was, like, kind of, like, our feeling going in. Like, Nicholson would probably win. Dong straight up teched him, like, in the first or second period. He just destroyed him. He was, he was unbelievable. He's one of the better guys to not place. It was – during a time with Virginia Tech where they, were, they would have a lot of really highly seated guys, and they just wouldn't get it done at NCAAs, and I would just get sad. But, like, he, he actually, it all ties back to, to Pat Pop. So, Pat Pop's, I think one of his first AAs was Justin Lister, this Binghamton kid who was unseated 
and he had Jesse. Jesse was like the three seed, and Lister was really good, uh, good scrambler, really good with cradles, and he cradled up Jesse. And it was also very, very sad. Um, but so on, honestly, so Jesse Dong was a zero time AA. He was really good. Like him versus Nick Bruschetta would be like an absolute, really, really tough match where at their best, it's certainly questionable because Bruschetta, while he's a three-time AA, he's like battled health during a lot of time. But I think uh, I think it would have to be Bruschetta who you send out here, even though I just got to – people don't remember Jesse Dong because like he's kind of went on and like he's not in wrestling really anymore, anymore as far as I know. So, uh, yeah, just a little trip down memory lane from a guy that was a total beast. But Greasy, four-time AA, he was world bronze uh, after his junior year, which is pretty crazy to think about. Or was it his senior year? It would have been his senior year. Yes, okay. But still, right out of, out of college was world bronze, so that's the level he was at. Bruschetta and he wrestled. He beat Bruschetta, so therefore I should have picked Solomon and Sal. Awesome. I'm also going James Green. Um, no, for all, all, of, all of the above, really. I mean, I, what am I going to add on to, to James Green here? All right, so everybody's for Green. Um, oh, man, so Nebraska we, takes the lead. Yeah, Nebraska's back up 9-6. Um, and with that being said, we'll move on up to 165, where we're going to have some heat. Makai Lewis and... Or David McFadden, they could go tag team on Jordan Burroughs. Um, CP, who you throwing out? Well, you know, I you, you throw McFadden on here because this is a guy who would have been, in my opinion, a four-time All-American, the first in Hokie history, and he didn't get that opportunity because of this dang virus. So his name's on there, but I think we all know what it is. got to send out Makai Lewis. Yeah. Um, all three Jersey guys here, but Makai did the thing. He beat Alex Marinelli, Evan Wick, and Vincenzo Joseph back to back to back. This man is a junior world champ, uh, a boast that Jordan Ernest Burroughs cannot make. Now he is multiple senior world champion, but he was on the junior world team, Jordan Burroughs, and did not, uh, in fact, win it. So um, if I got to get it started, this is definitely – a decision match. There's, uh, I have a lot of respect for Makai Lewis's defense, as I think everyone does after seeing what he did at NCAAs. But I don't see how he scores points on Jordan. I think Jordan's defense is a little underrated here. And if you're not scoring points, you know points are going to be scored on you if you're wrestling Jordan Burroughs. I think probably two takedown match, neither rides each other. And uh, Burroughs, Burroughs gets the dub. You know, I so I completely agree. Um, I think pretty much funny. My case, said, but let's hear you. All right, so my case for Lewis kind of looks something like this. You know, when did we ever really see Lewis get blown through? Right. You know, he's got real strong hips. He's got real strong legs. He can extend a position very, very far. Um, I think it'll be just as hard for Burroughs to score points on Makai Lewis, especially considering that Jordan Burroughs steps on a landmine before he goes out the no. and then that's it. <laughs> Dude, oh. I did so, it. Landmine, bam, it boom. Happened. 
It's over. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, God. You... That's what the Hokies needed. What's wrong with Jordan Burroughs and getting cheated in these fantasy? Bro, it's got to get tied up. I, I want to hear how conflicted CP is feeling right now. So, <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Makai literally was a landmine, right? He was the one that landmined uh, what many people thought was the first or second toughest bracket la uh, last year. Yeah. And – you know, you, Jude, Jude's point is fair that you've, we've seen Makai single-legged, but as far as blowing through him on a double, it hasn't really happened. The interesting case for Makai yeah, who's, who's is – he wrestled that hits a double leg like Jordan Burroughs? Well, yeah. Okay, no one exists in the world. No. Okay. <laughs> who has he wrestled that hits a blast double? Chenzo. Chenzo hits defense. blast doubles. Chenzo, Not on uh, Okay, are you really comparing Chenzo's double to but, Jordan Burroughs? Marinelli has a nice little. Marinelli has a little pop double. That, that's not a blast double. That's, that's like a side it, head to the outside double. We're not even on the in the same world <laughs> as far as doubles go. Okay, man, you. Oh, I was so ready to talk about this. I mean, ah, and you knew. I was it because I was smiling. Was I smiling earlier before? And you guys are like, Judy, he's gonna do it. Yeah, you have an awful yeah. poker face. Sorry, <laughs> I just. But, yeah, I've always had an awful poker face. It's not fun. So obviously, I mean, I could. It, it's a thing that could happen, right? Makai is the landmine. Um, it definitely could happen. I don't. Oh no, man. No. So how how did it happen, Jude? Cradled him. <laughs> you cradled. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I, that's that's a fair point too. I mean, we've He's seen the Makai cradle. Uh, hey, but Christian knows the Makai Cradle is only in folk style when Vincenzo Joseph does one of these. And yeah, stand up. Come to think he's, about he's it, he's hitting a bad stand up in order for him to get cradled. Yeah. You know what? What's interesting about this is Makai won as a freshman, right? So, what kind of development are we going to see in the next three years with Makai? Like, how much and better could he be? That's, that's another thing I was going to say. Was we're saying whole career, like best of your career? Yeah. It's totally unfair to Makai because he's only had one year. And It'd so be the interesting. Fact that Jude's even considering him over Burroughs in one year compared to six years for Burroughs. Um, well, compare their compare their freshman seasons. Yeah, yeah. Makai blows him out of the water. Yeah. It would be interesting to have this conversation again in four years. Yeah, because it might be completely different. You know, fifty-three-year-old especially Sam. because in the next four years, this match could actually happen. They could actually wrestle in freestyle. Yeah. Did you so, say well, four years or 40 years? Because I think I might have messed next, that up. Well, yes. In the next 40 years, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not wrong. But, wow. Yeah. I mean, I think happen. a couple of things. Well, for one, like talking about your landmine also, it, you know, we've seen the Makai cradle, and we've also seen Burroughs get cradled wow. multiple times. That's so, not the same thing. I, I'm just saying. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't have went that way. I, I wouldn't have went that way. I like talking about it. If we hadn't got landmine, um, you know, Makai's single defense is obviously like out of this world. And, you know, Jordan obviously has one of the best single legs also in the world, but I, it's hard to, uh, it, it's hard to, to defend, uh, Jordan Burroughs double. It's one thing a single, but, uh, yeah. It's reject. This would be this match would be so like both guys should be afraid to shoot because both of them have such quick and hard reattacks. Yeah. 
well, we I guess we have to move on and stop have to. crying. We have to. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Not sorry. I'm gonna put All a right. star by this one to symbol symbolize a landmine. A landmine. Now, so just to clarify, right. does that mean my landmine's done for all of the all the quarterfinals? No more. No, this is no more round landmine. one. This is round, no, one. round one. Yep. Round of sixteen. Yeah, round all of sixteen. Right, no more. Okay then. Yep. Let's uh let's move along. Well placed. And thank you, sir. But, uh, I had to get time up. I can't let VT get get drained here. So, Christian. Tell us about Zach Epperly. Zach Epperly um, from Christiansburg, Virginia. He was really, really good. Uh, um, what were you saying? She's saying I know that town. Oh, yeah. Very uh, great wrestling program started by Coach Dresser and Coach Daryl Weber. Did a great job there. Turned it into a national powerhouse. So he was a two-time AA with uh, – he had some wins too. He beat Matt Brown. The year Matt Brown won NCAs. He beat Tyler Wilps. The year Tyler Wilps made the finals. Pete Renda, Nate Jackson, Taylor Lujan, Casey Kent, Jadane Bernstein, Alex Meyer, Blaze Butler, among others. He was really, really good. He, um, it was a really weird thing. So in 20, the 2015-16 season, he, he quit. He quit the team. He quit for a long time, like – over a month, I want to say, like a month or two, it was just like not practicing wrestling. And they were like trying to get him to come back the whole time. And he finally does come back, and he freaking got third. And he lost in round one. So you think, this dude quit, did not want to wrestle. He comes back, and he loses in round one as a pretty decent seed. He was like the eight or nine seed. He comes back, loses in round one, you're like, okay, he's going to pack it in. The dude, like almost bonus the whole way back to third, including bonusing the guy that he lost to in round one, Casey Kent. So it was totally wild. And it was one of the huge, huge factors in, in Virginia Tech getting a trophy. So Epperly had a great career. He placed his first two years and then was round of 12 uh, his junior year and then elected to not come back the next year. But he was always um, seated really high, really, really good guy, really good wrestler. Um. So yeah, that's Zach. That's Zach Epperly. Yeah, and then on uh, you know in the other corner, uh, we got Robert Kokesh of Nebraska. Um, you know, good old farm boy, four-time NCAA qualifier, three-time All-American. Um, he got third twice and fourth. Um, I just when I think of Kokesh, I think about that crazy bracket. Was it twenty? 14, 2015, that had Storley and Evans and all of those guys in there. Matt Brown, um, and he was the one seed in that bracket. Um, and he he was he was really good. That was a fun fun four years of all those guys pretty much grouped together. Um, what do you guys see with this one, Sam and Jude? Uh, give me Kokesh. Uh, you know he's. He, well proven you know he's, he's really good i have a question is is kokesh um did he ever wrestle was he same era as ed did he wrestle ed ruth um so i don't think so kokesh spent some time at 65 and then went up to 74 uh i think in the 2013-14 season i want to say when that's when ed was at 
84. So I don't think they ever wrestled. So they never, they never. Okay. Sorry, just a clarifying question. But yeah, give me Kukesh. Um, You know, he did the dang thing. He did the, he got on the podium multiple times. Very, very tough guy. Sam Herring, pass it on. Same with you, Kokesh. Yeah, yeah, Kokesh is right there knocking on the door to, to make a final, three, four, awesome and three. Idea. It's I fun think. to say, too, Kokesh. So, 2015, Kokesh was bar none the best 74-pounder. Just did – man, his, uh, his semi against Wilps was crazy. I, it was one of those matches. He was literally on Ty Wilps's leg for like minutes and minutes at a time, and Wilps was one of those super flexible Megalutus type of dudes that could get to the edge when you're on his single. And he ate up so much time on there just trying to finish single legs, even though he outshot this dude. Even though Robert Kokesh was way better than Wilps that whole year, and I'm pretty sure it was an undefeated one seed. He beat Matt Brown that year. Um, that's how good he was. And this was one of Epperly's, you know, better years. Um, so I must be respectful of, of Kokesh, the pride of South Dakota, I want to say. Him and Storley wrestled – it's so funny. Him and Storley wrestled a bunch in high school because they're both from – I'm almost positive they're both from South Dakota. And so they wrestled each other a bunch in high school. And then they had the crazy NCAA match where – Storley was down in like tiebreakers with like five seconds left and started running away basically and basically falls down and gives up the takedown in uh, in overtime to lose to Storley. It was a really weird, really weird match. That was awesome. And he did it the same he did the same thing to him back on the backside for third and fourth. Was that right? Yeah. It was in tiebreakers. It wasn't like the the chase him down five seconds, but it was in tiebreakers he got him again. Yeah. You got to keep wrestling there. Storley was, was awesome to watch. And yeah. man, Wilps brings back really bad memories for me. I, uh, so me, me and my dad, every year we go to the NCAA tournament, and we always pick brackets, you know, like March Madness. And that year, so we've been doing it for 10 years. I've only lost twice, and that was the first time I lost to him. And it was because of that match in the finals. It came down to our tournament was he had Matt Brown and I had I, I had somebody else. But the way it worked out, basically, if Matt Brown lost, then I would win. And Wilps is up by one point with, like, what, 10 seconds left? And then gets hit twice. And that, that was, was crazy. crazy. That was rough. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so I think we all got co-catch, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all tied up again. Three weights left to go. Um, let's keep it moving here. So we got 184. Um, wait, did everyone vote, Sam Herring? You, everyone yeah, we voted. Got okay. Awesome. It's not tied up. Is it? It's 4 Oh, no, yeah. Now Nebraska takes the lead. Okay. Um, 184 pounds. We got double Z, Zach Zavatsky versus, man, TJ Dudley. Um. Richard Piles, let me kick it to you, and you can start us off. Okay, Zach Zavatsky, a.k.a. ZZ Top, out of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Uh, really had a great career for the Hokies. Only, I say only, a two-time AA. However, here we're just give you a picture of how good he was for four years. He was the five seed, the five seed, the six seed, and the three seed for his career. So always a top six-ish guy. With amazing wins, uh, he beat 
multiple NCAA champions. He beat Drew Foster, Mike Machiavello, and Miles Martin, along with Willie Miklas, Max Dean, Taylor Vins, Chip Ness, Vic Avery, Pete Renda, Hayden Zilmer, Matt Miller, Dakota Gear. So a lot of really, really tough guys he downed. Um, Dudley had a higher placing than yeah, ZZ Top. Third, right? Yep. Yes. However, I'm going to go with the Hokey. Um, I think it's a it's a solid matchup for him. I think he's got really really good wins, and um, I like Virginia Tech. So let's go Hokies. Hmm. Right. Uh, Jacob Hughley, who you got, my man? Yeah, um, I'm I'm actually going to go the other way. I think it's a really good match. Also, I think it's really close. Um, I, for me, I just I always felt like. I mean, looking at Zach Vasky, obviously he was a two-time All-American. He's around 12 one time, um, performed great. But I always kind of expected him to do a little bit better, right? Like you were saying, he was the – was it three, four, and five seed those different years? Um, I just expected a little bit more from him, and whereas TJ Dudley more outperformed what I expected. Um, so just going that way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take TJ Dudley. I think it's a super close match. What do you guys think? For sure. Their For seasons sure. overlapped, yeah. right? They both they both wrestled 80, 184, 2017, uh, but they never hit each other, correct? Yeah, they didn't hit. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to Vasky here. Um, just I'm a little bit more familiar with him, him and his work and his 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 style. Um, so I'm going to take him for reasons CP has mentioned. So we got. We got CP and me for um, Zavatsky. And uh, and Jacob and me for TJ Dudley because I'm taking the, the, the proven man and we're going to kick this sucker into, uh, into overtime. And it's going uh, – we got to shoot a text to, to our nomad who is going <laughs> to, to, to get this decision made for us. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to 97. Um, Sam. If you want to shoot Mason a text and see what he's got, who he's got, uh, maybe we can break the tie before we even have to go to Twitter polls. Um, I bet he picks Dudley. He'd probably TJ Dudley? Dudley? Yeah. I bet awesome. Zavatsky um, beat his guy Ryan Price in the uh, round of 12. Oh. I think it was round of 12. Or it might have, I think it might have been the quarters, actually. Yeah. All right, so jumping up 197, we got – Jared Hot versus Craig Brester. Um, was it, so we get what, – what are you thinking, CP? Well, uh, I'm thinking, one, shout out Chris Penny. This dude never won states in Virginia where we give out around 42 of those. <laughs> um, actually, during Chris Penny's era, we were still 3A system. However um, – You guys hit 6A, right? Uh, that correct? Six plus private school, baby. Don't forget private school. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm from Georgia. We have seven. Nice. Oh my yeah. goodness. Tennessee Crazy. has three. Makes a lot of sense. PA has two, right? PA only has two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never understood why PA has two, but they're double A and triple A. Why would they not be yeah. just A One and double A? Yeah. Well, I think because. They, they, the schools are like, it's like double A and below and triple A and above. 
because they all schools are rated on like a six day system. Okay, smarty pants. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Got the Census Bureau over here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um. Okay, so yeah, wait, we were talking about this match. So Chris Penny actually was interesting because he was probably not seeded or a really low seed, and he beat someone you Penn State fans will know, Morgan McIntosh. Huge upset, totally unexpected. Um, but Jared Hot was better than Chris Penny. Who are we kidding? So Jared Hot's the guy. And listen, Craig Brester, y'all probably, y'all probably definitely didn't watch him, but he beat Jake Varner, I believe, multiple times. He would have won... NCAs a lot of different years, but was just in some really insane weights, and including the one occupied by a future Olympic champion. But um, you know what? When you're an underdog, you need something outside the the usual, and you have to use a landmine sometimes. And it's the horseman <laughs> landmine hey! with Jared Hot. And here's how it goes down. Here's what happens: Jared Hot, Parkersburg's sort of own. He went to Parkersburg High School at least. He, this dude, my, Coach Zag started calling him the horseman. And so for like the ACC finals, they asked what kind of music he wanted. And he said horse noises. Not like songs. <laughs> like, just play horse noises. So this I have a question. Is it like clopping hoofs or is it like Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> the horse noises. Oh, that, that, was a, that was a good reenactment right there. Thank you. Thank you. What can I say? Maybe Jude was at ACC's after all. So, um, Dave, who do you think they got to play the, noises? the guts to have horse noises played as your intro music when everyone's <laughs> like, I don't know, like Win by J Rock, like, uh, like Micaiah's? I, you know, I, th- I respect that. So it's landmine oh, time. Gosh. And you know what? I, this is my only time I had to use my landmine, so I'm going to use it right now. Hot over Brester. Uh, See, I, that, I was going with him anyway. I don't think. Uh, oh, yeah. That's just because yeah, ne- he would never win without the landmine. Would, would Kyle Bradkey ever forgive you if you didn't pick Jared Hot? <laughs> uh, I don't think he would. No, maybe not. Yeah, this is, this is really just pres- preserving a work relationship right now. Yes. <laughs> you got to keep your friends. You That's know, right. not friends who are we, right? Exactly. So, running um, out to horse noises is is even better than running out to the Pokemon theme song. It really is. <laughs> like, oh man, I, oh man, that'd be cool. <laughs> I gotta run out. I gotta run out to a fun song when I when I get yeah. there. My my run out song is uh, "Sabotage" by the Beastie Boys. Um, I don't know. That. I love that song. It's okay. Well, hey, good relationship building exercise between Christian Piles and Kyle Bracky, who is yes. not here. Um, but I'm glad that we can, you know, get it on record that CP is extending the hand of friendship. Hopefully, it lasts for many years to come. <laughs> exactly. But so we're gonna if I we're, count up. We got two. we got our vote from uh from Mason. Okay. He said he's taken Dudley. He's an NCAA finalist compared to three All Americans, or he's a three time All American compared to um two for. Savatsky, he said the credentials back up Dudley. So he's going with Dudley. Just like dots, he might be saying something else. Four, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so ahead by three. Nebraska is poised to take the upset here. Um, Comes down to 285 pounds. Ty Walls uh, versus Colin Jensen and Christian Piles. Listen. Tell us all about Ty Walls. 
this is a, this is an easy dub for Ty. Ty was um, outstanding. You know, he didn't place his freshman year, then went seventh, fourth, fourth. Multiple wins over Adam Kuhn. Uh, beat Jacob Casper, Tanner Hall, Austin Marsden. Beat a lot of really good dudes. Took down Kyle Snyder, like, back when That's that wasn't true. really – that wasn't really happening, as did the horseman Jared Hott in the craziest <laughs> duel ever. This Virginia Tech-Ohio State duel at Ohio State – or at Virginia Tech, um, the Hokies upset Ohio State the year they won NCAAs, actually. It was totally insane. And Hott took down Kyle Snyder, like, twice in the match. It was, and that was before Hott had done anything. He was maybe a freshman. So, anyway, I digress. Ty Wall's here. Great. He had a good snatch single. He would hit a John Smith low single, probably best known for his high crotch, um, where he just get in. He was really fast, and then he would lift. Um, pick pick Coon. There's an awesome picture of him, like, Sky and Coon on a high crotch. Uh, it, was, it was epic. So he was really good. Jensen was tall, and Jensen's claim to fame is he once I, – I think I remember – I think he rode out Kyle Snyder. Like, he was, like, pretty yeah. dang tough on top, and he rode him. Like was a that period. a Big Tens? I feel like I was Big Tens. I thought it was a duel, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, I'll look it up. But uh, I've got Ty Walls in that match. Um, Me as well. By a comfortable decision. Now I'm going to look up that match. Yeah, absolutely. Ty Walls all day. Ty Did Walls. You? If you can pick up Adam Kuhn, you got my vote. Yeah, multiple <laughs> times. That's a big guy. Oh yeah, beat, beat him a few times. Yeah, he was, he was really good. St. Ed's, uh, Ohio. He was part of that streak, keeping that streak going. For uh, do y'all know about that, Jude and Sam? Yeah, no, that St. Ed's had a crazy, like, long undefeated streak, right? Yeah, um, like, well, no, not undefeated. So they had a Division One All American every year for like thirty years or something crazy. Whoa! Yeah. Imagine a high school had a D1 All-American every year for, like, years. It was only, like, 2018 or 2019 when it – or, yeah, when it was uh, after Dean Heil graduated. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's, that's crazy. insane. Funny story. One of my uh, youth wrestling coaches, his name's Ed Urs. He's the father of Cole Urbis, who's the 197-pounder for, uh, for Penn right now. But um, Coach Ed went to St. Ed's and – Joined their wrestling team, having no experience whatsoever, and he said he got the snot beat out of him for four years straight, and uh, didn't really know what he was getting himself into. So, the St. Ed St. Paris Graham rivalry has got to be one of the greatest high school rivalry rivalries there is. Yeah, you have to figure. So it was since '82 started the streak, 1982. So I was born in '85, and. Uh, Sam was born in 2016, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it comes down 15-15 tie. This is why I need that Devin Carter bonus point, man. How yeah. are you going to decide this? We Burroughs would have gotten bonus Wait. points. Whoa, 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 I feel like we should change the rules here because isn't the whole premise with the landmine that it's like a pinfall, right? That's what I thought, yeah. Pinfall. I think we should. Well, so, <laughs> I think bonus points. So we can I say th- landmines are bonus if you want to do that. I think if you choose your landmine, then you get to pick how it happened. You can still pick decision, okay. major decision, whatever. But if you pick a landmine, you can say it's a pin or a tech or whatever. Let me visualize. Right, so 
the fate of Virginia Tech, Nebraska is in one of your hands. Well, so the horse noises had a disorienting effect on Craig Brester. It was not the mental uh, issue. He had, or it was not the physical issue. He had a psychological issue triggered from his past in a, a negative uh, event when he was attacked by a horse as a child. And he had no focus on the line. And a classic single leg, skies it, catches him on his back, for the finish, Jared Hot, the horseman, with the pinfall. Oh man! And, and Jared, can, imagine, can you blow it out? Breaster. Imagine you're a breaster and you 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 know you hear those noises and you start sweating. You're like, oh my gosh, what? And you look across the line and it's just a it's just a horse. And you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> horse! Horse made the finals. How? <laughs> we meet again. All right, Jude, you got bonus. I don't know if I have anything that. If you had Jordan Burroughs getting bonus by Makai Lewis, I don't know, Jude. We might have to cut right. off this HMA. All right. Yeah, it can't oh, happen. Okay. You know what? Decision? I cradled, I guess. So, I don't know. It's cradled. I got to do something creative. How about it was after – this takes place present day. Jordan Burroughs has been, you know – very, he's been a little emotionally roused up. His cortisone levels are rising. <laughs> about a well, too much stretching. Has been too much stretching. He's putting stress on his mind and fidgeting in his chair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. CP he's, thinks he's, he's getting got a little too out. fidgety. He goes out there. He's focused on the wrong things. Makai Lewis. Um, he just cradles him. There's not a lot to it, but it, it so was the, it was the mental edge. Threw him all off. It's so a pinfall. It's a pinfall. And wow. final score and the end of this dual meet. 21-15? 21-15. Wow. Virginia Tech holds off the red-hot Nebraska team. Um, and, I mean, what else can we say? That's what a squad. That's a squad. Who's, who, who do they get the winner of? They get Penn State? What, what's the bracket look like, Jacob? We'll, we'll pull it up here. Um, it should be Penn State. Okay, so looking at the bracket, Penn State, yep, they got pe- the winner, Penn State Lehigh. All right. Lehigh. Awesome. So, okay. looks like Christian Piles will be back on to defend his Hokies. Listen, I've, I'm, already, I'm already scheming. Uh-oh. Oh, he's, he's got ready. a plan. Yeah. Yeah. See, oh, all right. CP's got that's, a plan. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a real good one. You'll be awesome. surprised, yeah. Hey, and thank you so so much, man, for being able being available, being able to come on. You're making your first ever appearance on Home at Advantage. Um, we will certainly have to get you back on again. I know we've actually. I was thinking about it today. We've interviewed Bader, Nomad, Mike Mall, um, Willie. We we interviewed lots and lots of flow guys. Saving um, the best one for last. Yeah, what am I? Jeez. <laughs> no, it's fine. Thought I did something. <laughs> well, hey, you you uh, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Jacob, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. So real quick before we go, I just want to remind Jude that if we get CP back on for this PSU match, that it will be a next round. So technically, he'll have another landmark. Technically, so, so I. I just want you to be aware of that um, because right. you kind of hit him where it hurt earlier, and, and he's going to be able to get you back. Yeah. Um, but, Penn State. This is going to be good. 
TP. Yeah. It's going to be good. We should, all use, we should all use our round two landmines on Jude Swisher's favorite. Oh, no. That'd be great. We're just going to – oh, that's going to be fun. All right. But anyways, guys, thanks again, CP, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, had a good time. Hopefully we can get you back on for that next round. Um, and obviously, Sam, dude, it's always great. Uh, but that wraps it up. Virginia Tech moves on off of a couple of pins uh, to face the, the Nitty Lions of Penn State. So we will see you guys next episode when we have uh, the next round coming up. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, thanks.